You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to another episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by Prevagen, America's number one brain health supplement. Go to Prevagen.com to learn more about improving your memory. Prevagen, the name to remember. Now, before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. Well, my guest today is Matt Kerner, who hails from Southern California, but has lived in Nashville for six years, pursuing his dream, writing songs, and traveling the country playing from coast to coast. He has shared stages with Dwight Yoakam, Chris Young, Chris Jansen, and Luke Combs, among others. And after being diagnosed with testicular cancer, then fighting and winning the battle, Matt was reminded to cherish each day, treasure his experiences, and appreciate the journey life has to offer, which is what his single and track or title track of his new EP, The Race, is all about. Well, because of the pandemic, Mac has spent, Matt has spent the past several months performing concerts for his fans online on his social media platforms, and he also hosts a special event on his Facebook page called Just an Intermission, which benefits the Musicians Foundation. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome today's guest, Country superstar Matt Kerner. How you doing, Matt? <laughs> Country superstar. That's pretty good, man. What's going on, Doctor Ward Bond? How I'm, are you? I'm doing great. You know, I gotta call <laughs> it as I see it, and I have to call them into being as well. And oh, uh, that's just the way it is around here. You know, we that, you know we gotta we treat our guest with the highest of class. <laughs> hey, man, I will take it. I appreciate that very, very much. How you doing? I'm I'm doing great. Well, let me ask you this. When did you first know that you wanted to be a singer? Man, I've, I've been singing my entire life, but I didn't, I didn't know I wanted to do it professionally until probably 2013. And even then it was kind of, you know, I didn't really know that it was going to be what I was going to do for a living, but I've been singing ever since I was a kid, you know, singing in the backseat of my parents' car, driving home from grandma and grandpa's house, and then learned how to play guitar when I was 13 years old and, um, my cousin taught me how to play guitar, and it just kind of came naturally to me to be able to strum strum a tune and, and sing along with it. And I kind of took the bull by the horns um, with learning how to play guitar and sing songs. And I learned by teaching myself through, you know, YouTube videos and UltimateGuitar.com and just kind of picking songs that I love to sing. And that's how it all started. Um, I'm 32 now. And so I didn't really know I was going to do it professionally until I was about 24, 25, but I've been singing my whole life. Wow. You know, 24, 25, that's almost considered late for, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, seriously, because I, you know, I've talked to people who really didn't decide or they kind of fell into the music industry or the love of playing music and playing it before others until they were about 18 or 19. And that's even considered late and of course I, I get those where i hear this oh yeah i've been singing since i was five or six years old i've been on stage since i was eight you know i yeah. hear those and but 24 that that's really kind of late and so at that at that age um 
were your were your parents and family were they very supportive of, of you doing that extremely they're they're the reason i'm even doing it to this day i owe i owe my parents a huge debt of gratitude my, my mom and dad so i'll give you kind of a background so I, I grew up in sports and i played baseball through high school and college i played i played division one baseball at the university of arizona and i wanted to be a professional baseball player and so i went from wanting to be a professional baseball player to a country music singer two of probably the hardest things to get into and the the odds of actually becoming successful are astronomically low and both of my parents have continue to this day to be extremely supportive. But to your point at 24, 25, they easily could have been like, Hey, maybe you should probably focus on, you know, you got a degree, <laughs> do something that's probably a little bit more attainable that never occurred. They, they really believed and continue to believe in me and, and the, the talent that I, that I have, I guess. And they, they were really the ones that pushed me out the door and said, if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. Move wow. to Nashville, see what happens. And if worse comes to worse in a year from now, it's just not going right. You can always move back to California and get a job. Cause I had my degree to fall back on, which I still do to this day, but um, they have been unbelievably supportive and I love them very much for that. Why? Well, you know, you know, I, I've always heard the stories from others where they'd said, yeah, my, my parents told me to, to get a job, you know, yeah. you're never going to make it, you know, playing that thing, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, then now they can say, well, I've got a gold or a platinum record on the, on the wall. So, yeah. uh, there's two, yeah, and, but, and you know, honestly, yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where you don't even, you don't really blame them. Like it's, well, yeah. it's, yeah, worry. it's, well, it's, it's a worry. realistic. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you know, we have to, we have to take for a fact that, you know, I'm a parent. I, so mm -hmm. I understand it. Parents worry about the kids and they're like, you know, th you know, and it's kind of funny because I have a friend of mine who is a, a top uh, music producer. And he told me, he said, with musicians, he goes, they really need to, to, to keep pushing on because they don't want to wake up when they're 60 and realize, what did I do? Sure. <laughs> you know? But, uh, but I always say, go after the dream. And, and it, and for someone like you, it is so, um, it's a breath of fresh air to hear <laughs> having parents that are very, very supportive. And, uh, I mean, that is, that's, that, that, that's gold right there. I mean, you, you can't take anything better than that, knowing that your parents are backing you or in behind you and wanting, Absolutely. And, and, and basically, and I love that fact that we're, like you said, pushing you out the door. If you don't do it now, you never will, because you know, that's just the way it is. And for a lot of you out there who have a dream, I want to tell you right now, go for it. You've got nothing yeah. to lose. So do well, yeah, that. And there was, there was definitely like a little sample. It wasn't just like I was sitting in my room playing guitar and they were like, go to Nashville. Like I had a, I had, it makes it, it makes them sound a little crazy when it, when we, when I paint it like that, it wasn't really like that. I had a year's worth of, uh, you know, experience of playing in bars and restaurants and things like that in, in Orange County, California. And it, it was, ha you know, I was making money and, and it was successful. And so they, I think they just saw, you know, they saw that I was able to actually make something of this music and actually make a living doing it. Cause at, at, during that year of 2013, I was kind of transitioning from a job into, I was like, Hey, I'm making pretty dang good money playing music and it turned into kind of a career and they're like, well, well, the next step is to actually try to really make it a career. And so it was, they, they, I think they saw that in me um, of 
it was actually attainable to make money doing it. Not that that's everything, but you do have to make a living. Sure. Oh yeah. You got to pay years old. You got to pay, rent you gotta pay the bills for sure. <laughs> and so, and, and they saw that. And I think that's what lit the fire under them to say, Hey, get out there and go try to make it happen. And you're right. There's, I do not take that for granted whatsoever. They're phenomenal, phenomenal parents. Well, you know, I'm very I, thankful for. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up because I'm noticing it as I'm talking to you. And, and, and when I hear it in, when I hear it in people, I like to bring it up and, and I know that many people say that you have a very positive outlook on life. I can hear that. I can feel that, uh, through the microphone when you're talking, why is that? Oh, (laughs) I don't, I try to, I definitely try to have a positive, I'll say it like this. I try to have a realistic, positive attitude towards life. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I was, I was, I've always been an optimistic person. Um, I do. I mean, there seems to be a theme here, having the support of, you know, uh, my family and the people around me who have always been pretty positive about things. I think that has been a massive help, um, not only in music, but just growing up, my mom and dad were, were extremely supportive of what my sister and I wanted to do. And it was, it was not only a supportive, like, Hey, go do it. They really taught us that you have to work your butt off. If you really want something that yeah. is, is hard to attain, you're going to have to work hard for it, but always try to have that positive viewpoint on it. Because if, if you start to get negative, I, I feel like that, like, you know, there's kind of an energy around certain people. If you're negative, you kind of attract more negative stuff. And if you try to stay positive, you kind of attract more positive stuff. But I think just kind of innately, I was I was born more of an optimistic individual, which thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, because it leads me into my next question, because you were diagnosed with testicular cancer at a very young age. When yeah. did you first find out how old were you? And then how did you know something was wrong? I was 27. So... Yeah, it was 2016 when I was when I was diagnosed, and um, I mean, this is a, a perfect moment to bring in another amazing human being in my life. My wife, um, at the time, we we just started dating when I was diagnosed with with cancer. Maybe, I mean, a month or two into our wow. relationship, and um, she was, you know, God per, put her into my life for many many reasons, but that was definitely one of them, and. She could have, I mean, it was two months in. She could have easily have been like, look, I, I didn't sign up for this. I, you're you're going to go through something and, and move on. She did the exact opposite. She she jumped with two feet right into it and and um, helped me through that time of, of cancer. And it was, you know, talk about a punch to the gut and and testing your positivity and optimism. That was a that was a tough time for well, sure. What, but well, what kind of symptoms did you notice that something wasn't right? Uh, a lot of discomfort down there and yeah. some, and some, uh, not some, uh, major swelling. And, uh, it was, uh, it was one of those things we were actually in Chicago and we were coming back home and we we're driving back to Nashville and, um, it just, it, it swelled up pretty large yeah. and we went straight to the emergency room and they tested me for everything under the sun and uh, that was June f- or um, March 1st of 2016. And in March 3rd, I was sitting in a urologist's office with Lynn's and uh, he just, he didn't beat around the bush. He was just like, you have cancer. And then the next thing out of his mouth was, 
it is treatable and it is beatable. So what stage, um, what stage were you diagnosed with? Stage two, it had spread to the lymph nodes. Oh, it did spread to the lymph nodes. Yeah. So they, uh, yeah, they, they, that March 3rd date is when he said, Hey, we're going to get you in for a CAT scan and we're going to see what's, see what's going on, see if it's spread. Um, and again, I get, give a lot of credit to, to Dr. Hawkins. He was, he was, he just goes, even if, if, even if you're at stage four, it's one of those cancers that is still treatable. And he just, you know, it's a time where you're just well, a lot of thoughts go through your head. When oh, you're I can cancer. imagine. I mean, I, I watched the documentary when, uh, you know, Lance, Lance Armstrong talked about yeah. his battle. And of course, when he walked in there, you know, he knew something was wrong for a whole month and didn't say anything. And then he finds yeah. that he's full blown stage four. Yeah. And he was wondering if he was going to make it, but you know, yours was stage two. So it had spread to the lymph nodes. So did they remove those lymph nodes? No. So what they did, so he told me, he goes, if you're stage one and nothing has spread, we'll just remove the tumor. And then if it has spread, then you're going to have to go through a chemotherapy regimen. And so the next day they found out it had spread to the lymph nodes. So instead of going in surgically and removing the lymph nodes, I went through a nine week which actually turned turned into an eleven week uh, stint of chemotherapy. Why wow. did they also do the surgery? They did the the next day. The next, like yeah, March you know, 5th, I, I it was. I've heard that where if you get diagnosed, you pretty much know the next day you're going in and having it's it gone. removed. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So and then so what happened after the eleven weeks? Uh, you you monitor it and you're done with the chemo and they 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 check your, you know, your blood and all, all of your levels to see whether or not there's still cancer. And at that point they, they, uh, deemed me cancer free. And, um, I have to go in at this point in time, you have to go in for five years, um, to see an oncologist, to get some blood work done and to, to get, um, CT scans done just to make sure everything's good and nothing has come back. And you do that up until your five-year mark of remission. And that for me is actually in June of next year. So Okay, so June of 2021 will uh, make it the the, uh, the five-year mark. And so Correct. So, so they, they gave you a clean bill of health 11, 11 chemotherapy sessions later. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the, yeah, the chemotherapy was, uh, that was a, that was one heck of a period, man. It was, it was three, three week stints. So they were all identical and then the, the drugs were cumulative. So they really, they worked in your system the entire time. And by, by the, by the ninth week or the end of the third three week cycle, um, I was pretty, I was pretty down and out. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, but it worked. Thank God it worked. Well, yeah. Amen to that. I mean, now, after going through that, what did what did that whole experience teach you and what kind of outlook has it given you on life uh, comparing pre-cancer to post-cancer? The first thing it taught me and the first thing that I, I realized was how many people I had in, in this world that cared about me. Um, the amount of support that came from my family and, you know, my girlfriend, now she's my wife, um, my friends, just the, the outpouring of support was, was quite humbling, to be honest with you. Um, so that was the first thing I learned was, was just how many people care. 
And that was a really, really good feeling. Um, the, I think the more obvious thing that it taught you is, or taught me is to, to live each life to or each, each life, to live each day to the fullest. Cause you never know what's going to happen. Um, and you know, like we kind of touched on this earlier in the, in the pot, in the podcast, but it was, it was definitely a, I've always been an optimistic person, but even, I think even more so hopefully at this point that I I live each day to the fullest and try to, you know, like you said, the dream's still there and you got to chase it because you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. Has it, has it changed the way you write songs? Um, yes and no. It depends on the song. Um, it's, I, I haven't really actually dove in and written a song about that experience. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's because I don't necessarily want to go back and relive it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, no, I can, I can understand that. I mean, you yeah. know, it, it's tough. I mean, you know, to be, to be a positive person and it's, you know, I, I've talked to Olymp- Olympic skater, Scott Hamilton, who went through the same exact situation and it rocked. I mean, he told me, he goes, it rocked his world. And yeah. he is normally a positive person. Sure. And, you know, at that time, you know, you're looking at like, okay, I'm married, I got kids and, you know, all the thoughts flood through your mind. Now we're, I mean, were you getting all of the, you know, the, I, I guess with cancer, you know, you're going to have scary thoughts flow through your head, you know, things you don't really want to think about, but was it reassuring that when your doctor told you it's treatable, did that kind of give you a little bit, a, a sense of peace to hold on to? That meant everything. I, I'd say this all the time, and I don't mean to to belittle um, what I went through because cancer is cancer. But for him to tell me you have a ninety nine percent chance of making it to the end of this, this is a very treatable cancer. I think that gave me a tremendously different outlook on it than if I would have gone in. And he said, you know, you have a twenty percent chance yeah. of living. There's, yeah. a, there's a huge difference. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'd be oh. lying. I'd be lying if 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 I said there wasn't. So I give him. It, well, I mean, he's out. Doctor Hawkins was going to give me the the facts, no matter what. Regardless, but <laughs> yeah. but he did. I'm telling you right now. He said you have cancer and it is treatable, and that is the the first two things that he said to me. And if he wouldn't have said that second thing. Yeah, it would have it would have scared me way what, more. Did you did you kind of study what testicular cancer was? And you of know, course. you know what? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, twenty seven. That sounds young, but it happens to to guys in their twenties. It does. There's eighty. I think eighty five percent of the testicular cancer cases happen to happen to men in between twenty five and forty years old. Wow. So it's a young it's a young man's cancer for sure. Um, the person who dove head first into learning about what the ins and outs of the disease was, was Lindsay. And she, she's a nurse. And so she works in the medical field. My wife, yeah. what? <laughs> she's in the other room. She's like, I'm a CRNA. She is. She's getting her. She's I'm so proud of her. She's, she's, uh, she's graduating and get in the letters right. Hubby. <laughs> yeah. She's well, she's graduating in a couple of days with her doctorate in anesthesia. So Ooh, she's, hey, she's a rock star. Man. All right. Yeah, yeah. She's absolutely incredible. But so she's been in the medical field for a while and she really dove into all the details and ins and outs of, of what's gone. That's kind of what I was talking about in the beginning of this. Again, remember, we were, we were dating for two months when this happened and wow. I wouldn't have blamed her if she was just like, I didn't sign up for this and moved on with her life. 
And she didn't. She she stayed not only stayed with me, she basically became an oncologist <laughs> in about a week and a half and figured well, everything out. It was it was unbelievable. Well, like Lindsay, to the point where I, sorry, go ahead. No, no. Lindsay's a keeper, so keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Don't I had, so mess I had a, that up. <laughs> no, like just just as an example. So this is a great example. So I had a pick line which goes in the oh, yeah. side, like the inside of your bicep, right? And that right. goes straight to your heart. And that's how they feed the, the chemo drugs into my system. And you have to wash that on a consistent basis. And the insurance company was sending out somebody to change the dressing and wash it. And after the first time, nothing against the, the guy who came out and did it. He did a fine job, but she was just like, yeah, we don't need them anymore. I'm going to do that every other day. Don't worry about it. And she took care of that part of, of my treatment every other day and just change the dressing. And it sounds like a small thing, but it, it just, oh, no, that it, is it a wasn't. Big, and that's a very big thing. Cause I yeah. know cancer patients, I know other patients have had pick lines and IVs to where they were not yeah. cleaned or changed regularly or correctly yeah. and created, you know, other huge types of problems. problems, big problems. So, wow. God had yeah. his hand on you, Matt. There's no doubt. He yeah. still does. There's well, no doubt. Well, <laughs> let, let, let's get into uh, a bit of music here because you wrote a sure. song called The Race, which yeah. is about living life and staying positive. But yeah. you also wrote a song for your grandfather called Stayed Alive in 45. Can you tell That's us right. the stories behind both of those songs? Sure. So they're two, they're two very different tunes. So the race is, is about exactly what you said. The idea behind what the race is, is everybody, you, me, it doesn't matter who it is. Everybody has goals. Like I want to be the next Keith Urban, right? Oh but yeah. There is, there is a long journey and path to get there of, you know, you're going to meet new people. You're going to go play in different towns that you've never been in. You're going to get shut down to play certain gigs. You're going to hear no's. You're going to hear yeses. There's this long journey that you're going to have to run in order to get to the goal that you want to get to. And that's what the race is. And it's not all positives. It's not all negatives, but it's, it's just a litany of things that you're going to have to go through and just enjoy it. Because if you don't enjoy the process, getting, getting to the pinnacle of what you want to do. I don't even know if it, in my opinion, I don't even know if it's worth it. If you're not going to enjoy the journey, the race or the process to getting there. So that's what that song is well, all about. You know, that, that puts the thought in my mind that I wish a lot of people will, uh, would understand. So ladies and gentlemen, listen up because I want to step on my little <laughs> box real short here. There's a big difference between being idealistic and being realistic. We all have hopes and dreams. That's your idealistic part. That means that you are focused on finishing the race or crossing the finish line. Being realistic is when you first step out to go after that dream and you realize that real life just happened. That's yeah. where the hard work is. And so, Matt, that song is perfect <laughs> thank you man that is, i appreciate that's that that's what people need to know there there are two <laughs> ways to look at the dream yeah we, we look at we, we looked at we look at the uh the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow but then we got to get through the rainbow to get to that pot and yeah. sometimes that journey is not and, and like and you said it perfectly it's sometimes that journey it's full of highs it's full of lows it's for, full of learning experiences but then we're mature when we finally cross that finish line. Yeah. 
And it's, it, it doesn't matter what you're trying to get to. There's going to be a day-to-day -day grind that you have to go to. And some days you're just going to be like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And there's going to be some days where there's small victories and they feel really good. And take all of that stuff to heart and enjoy getting to the goal that you want to get to in life. Because if you just, just are focused on the big prize, if you're lucky enough to get there and you don't pay attention to everything that you're doing to get there, once you get there, you're there and it's gone. It's like, whoa, what, what do I do now? Versus living each day to its fullest and learning from the mistakes, enjoying the small victories, and just really paying attention to your journey or your race. I think it's yeah, important. I love that. Now, tell us about the song that you wrote for your grandfather called Stayed Alive in 45. Yeah, man. So Stayed Alive in 45 is, like you said, my grandfather was a World War II veteran. And when I was a kid, I would always ask him about his experience in World War II. And it's something he never wanted to talk about. But I was really young and I didn't understand why. So I kept asking him. And one day he sat me down at his dinner table and talked to me for three hours about his experience in World War II. And it's one of those days I'll never forget. And so the song is about one of those stories he told me. He was 18 years old when he was sent over to southern Germany to fight. And he and 30 men were running along a riverside. They were being chased by a German battalion that outnumbered them pretty heavily. They came to a fork in the river. On the right-hand side of the river, a bridge crossed over. My grandpa's sergeant stopped the 30 men and picked five of them to stay back at the bridge so that when the German battalion caught up, those five would slow them down for as long as they could so the other 25 could run off and get away. It was a suicide mission. Wow. Grant and grandpa was one of those five Ooh. chosen to stay back at the bridge at 18 years old. And he made it through. And at the end of this song, you find out how. So you got to go listen oh, to the song. Good. Okay, good. Don't, 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 tell us, <laughs> don't tell us how it ends. And, yeah. uh, because, um, wow, to be one of five <laughs> at 18, I cannot imagine Me neither. the fear that must have been flowing through him. Because, oh. he, I mean, at 18 years old, you're a kid. Mm-hmm. With a gun. <laughs> yeah. I got to be honest with you. I'd rather go through the entire cancer experience again than do, than do that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, it's insane. I mean, just to literally mentally put yourself into his shoes, yeah. knowing that you don't know how long you're going to live, you know, or, you know, by a miracle. Now, can I ask, did the other four survivors, should we just leave that to the song? They did. So you can, that still doesn't give it away. Though. Okay, good, 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 good. All right. So everybody <laughs> lived. Yay. We got a happy ending, but again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's Matt Kerner's stayed alive in 45. You have to listen to the song. Uh, it, and I love songs that have a story to them. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, Chris Stapleton's song, uh, daddy doesn't pray anymore. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, when that ending hits, you're like, Oh my gosh, what a writer's hook. <laughs> you know? Heck yeah. No, I mean, that's what country music to me is all about. It's two things. Having a great time and getting out and, and just enjoying a live show and storytelling. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. And uh, wow, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because um, I love stuff like that. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I want to bring something up too because... Um, I understand that you have a big love of playing golf and that you do some pretty mean trick shots. Tell us what that's about. 
That's hilarious, man. Yeah, I love golf. Everything about it. I watch it, play it. I'm in a golf fantasy league. It's it's quite a problem. But uh, I I love it. Actually, you know who got me into golf was my well, my dad and the song the State Alive 45. The song, the grandpa who that song is about was a huge golfer, and he's those wow. two are the two who got me into golf. But anyway, um, these golf trick shots came up because of covid i was i don't know we were like two weeks into covid and we couldn't go anywhere and i was on instagram watching some of these people do these golf trick shots and i was like hey man i could i think i could do some of those and so i just kind of started doing a couple of trick shots and i posted a couple and people thought it was hilarious so i just started this trick shot tuesday on my on my social media platforms and i've been doing it ever since and i and i continue to do it and i feel like more people talk to me about those those dang golf trick shots than they do about my music now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind yeah. of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you really got to be careful with that. I'm okay with it, though. I love it. <laughs> well, well, here's the cool thing. They get to watch the shots, and then they're going to get interested in like, oh, this guy sings too? So then exactly. they get to check that out. So, hey, you know what? You may have to uh, do some of those trick shots maybe in one of your shows, but maybe use one of those uh, golf balls that explode into powder or something, you know? Definitely. You know what I thought? Do you know, um, I think it's Rod Stewart who used to kick out soccer balls to oh, yeah, his fans yeah. at live shows. Oh, if I yeah. ever, if I ever get to the level of Rod Stewart, I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to crumple up some t-shirts with rubber bands to the size of like tennis balls and like hit golf shots at the people. Oh, that was, I've seen Rod, you know, I saw Rod Stewart <laughs> in concert back in night. 19- 1980, well, it was the uh, it was the Young Tur- Turks tour, and mm-hmm. it was it was one of the, the the first tours back in the day where you could see through the stage where they opened up the arena even behind the stage. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, he was doing that, kicking all the soccer balls around and and all that kind of cool stuff. But yeah, so you're gonna have I'm to serious. Out, I'm gonna do that. That'd be yeah, awesome. yeah. You gotta, you know, you know. Sometimes I see those uh, t-shirt cannons, and I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking you're gonna hurt somebody with that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a different way. Like I'm trying to figure oh, out ways no, to like set way. me apart from others. I think that would be a good one. <laughs> I I think it would too. You know, I'm sure there's a, a lot of golf sponsors out there that'd be wanting to, to sponsor your show. So that would there be- you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, know, you got you got to put that whole marketing and promotion thing around because i know how i know what it's like for musicians man it's 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 not an easy road sometimes but oh, there's yeah. no doubt <laughs> no i don't know if there's any golf companies listening to this and i don't know if i can mention them on your podcast but hey if anyone's listening hit me up hey and <laughs> when i send you the link when we release it then make sure you 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 uh tag all the golf companies on social media but <laughs> i will listen all right well i got my last question to you is what does the future hold for matt kerner sky's the limit man i'm um i think we're we're i'm hoping to do well if the if the world can open back up soon safely hopefully we can do some big shows and i'm not kidding i want to be the next keith urban that's hey, that's the goal well that's 100 percent the goal I'm going to stand in agreement with that and uh, <laughs> big and mighty miracles happen when people stand in agreement and people, if you don't believe me, read the Bible, you'll find it. And, uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm going to stand with you on that and you keep pushing and ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you this. And you know that when I interview recording artists, I'm going to, I always have to tell you, don't just listen to their songs on Spotify, please download, mm-hmm. buy it. When they do their shows, go see them, buy the tickets, buy the t-shirts, buy the records, because (laughs) it's not just the artists making money. 
It is supporting the songwriters. It is supporting the tours. It is supporting everybody involved in the process to keep music alive in our lives. Music is part of our life in creating memories that we'll never forget. And, and Matt, my gosh, you've created a memory here and I can't wait to, to go back and to listen to the race. And <laughs> I'm not going to give away the ending to stay alive in 45 because the rest of you who are listening better, better go check it out, awesome. download it. I don't care if you have to download the single, if it's <laughs> 99 cents or dollar 99, it's worth it. So please do that. And again, Hey Matt, thank you so much for being on the program. I've had a blast. Dr. Ward Vaughn, thank you so much for having me, sir. I appreciate you very much. Oh, and one last thing, Matt. Where can everybody uh, find more about you? Matt Kerner Music on Instagram. That My last name is spelled K-O-E-R-N-E-R. MattKernerMusic.com or Matt Kerner Music on Instagram and Facebook. Hey, I love it, Matt. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, remember... To catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness, just hit subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds and rate the show on iTunes. You know this one's a five-star episode. So thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. Just look up Dr. Bond's Life-Changing Wellness on any streaming service. And you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. And again, thank you for listening to Life-Changing Wellness. We are known as a different kind of wellness show. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body, your mind, and your soul right. Have a blessed day, everyone.